Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As promised, Roger Heo, founder and CEO of International Rubber Products, is our guest for the next two segments. Before we get there, I just want to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. And with our exclusive and unique Prospect Engagement Program, Critical Mass Radio Show can deliver up to 23 warm prospects to each of our platinum advertisers annually. If you'd like to learn more about this program, then contact Rose Chamora at 951 515 Four six six one. That's five nine five one five one five four six six one. Don't call her right now. She's in the studio. If you're listening live, give me about a half hour and then you can reach her because we don't want her phone going off while I'm interviewing Rod. Rod, welcome to the studio. Hi, how you doing? Great. Why don't we talk a little bit about your firm? Tell me about international rubber products. Like, what do you do? Who do you do it for? And why do clients choose your firm over their competitors? We're uh, more engineering-driven than anything else. We okay. we focus on critical-to-function parts for three different segments. One would be medical devices, mm. things used on respirators, catheters, diabetes pumps. Another being um, what you call critical-to-function rollers that work with converters, uh, people like 3M, mm-hmm. Avery Dennison, in segments where you're trying to apply very thin coatings and yields uh, need to be pretty precise in right. the tens of thousands. So these are precision engineered parts then? Yeah, very, okay. very precise. Okay. And then another one is uh, oil and gas, where we, we, we do a lot of focus around material sciences wow. and actually developing solutions that last longer, work yeah. better. That's a harsh environment, right? A very harsh environment. And, and the chemicals that in the, could deteriorate, degrade the rubber products very yeah, quickly, so, right? Yeah, so, so the idea is always to add value through using our team and our engineering prow to make sure that it works better, okay. lasts longer, or, or is more value-driven. Those are three demanding industries that you talked about, and with very tight tolerances and very high expectations of a supplier so for you to be successful in those spaces you you didn't pick an easy way out rod no i did not okay no i did not what's your background so my background is i'm an entrepreneur but i've been in the rubber industry since 1989 i'm it's it's hard to say all the things that i do because i'm really really well versed in numbers i've done a lot of acquisitions okay and always here in southern california well, uh, no, I, uh, I've gone through, uh, I've, I've, I've run the gamut. I've had companies all over the United States. I've really? actually had two companies in China wow. for about 10 years and recently got out of that, uh, that market for various reasons in order to try to focus on our value-driven engineering you know, mission, okay. which is just, it's hard to, believe it or not, you have labor there, but uh, all the things that you hear about China, they're, they're really not as efficient or as innovative as we are. Wow. You know that firsthand because you've I been do. in that market. I so I think that's that's good to hear from an experience. Okay, bang the gong. I love these teachable learning moments on Critical Mass Radio Show because sometimes we make the competitor bigger than they really are. That is right? very accurate. We, we focus on their strengths and we are constantly thinking about our weaknesses. And sometimes it's nice to have it's someone. It's a $5 million mistake. Really? That's what it cost wow. when it was all said and done. Okay. Lessons learned, right? Yeah, we owned our own factory. In the end, it took four Chinese people to do what one American could do. We had to have four full-time expats there in order to make sure our quality was up to... And in the end, after 10 years, all the savings were not there. When we brought everything back, wow. we were almost equal to what they could do there. Oh, so you, you reshored then. You, we reshored. Wow. So you're a living example, ladies and gentlemen, of That's, a manufacturing company, right? That is correct. Who couldn't build the parts 
any more competitively offshore than they could back here in the good old U.S. In, of A. In the beginning, we could. Okay. But then as inflation in China and everything came up. Right. There's wage inflation. It, it, it just, you couldn't because of the waste with the with the Chinese worker. The Chinese worker likes to make one part and millions of them. Okay. And we weren't quite making millions, and we were trying to get them to switch like we do here in the United States, and they just they, they couldn't they couldn't grasp the concept. So, so we're talking specifically about international rubber products here on the radio show, and your other uh, businesses as your you know serial entrepreneur Raj Trujillo. But uh, what's your footprint for international rubber products? So international rubber products owns three main footprints. One of them is a company called uh, International Rubber Medical, mm-hmm. uh, which actually used to be Viking Rubber, but we, okay. we rebranded the name. All right, and then there's another one called Micron rubber products, mm-hmm. and then another one that's called Abba Roller. Okay. So those are the three platforms. So you have three platforms specific to the niches and the industries that you're in so that you really show up as a player in that space. Then. That is correct. Okay. And is that a strategy that you've used in other lines of business? And Actually, I've, I've always been in the rubber industry. I've done about 13 transactions. Four of them have been divestitures, which... Two of them were in China okay. when I sold to a private equity company, but uh, they're all—they've all pretty much been in the rubber industry, and I've just branched out into the different types of uh, value. I, I've focused now on value, mission-driven engineering, where our teams have got to solve problems. Okay. We've got to be more competitive. We've got to use robotics. We've got to use science. And uh, we've got to focus on just a team approach at arriving somewhere where nobody else can arrive. You know, you remind me so much of an interview I did several years ago with the president of a company by the name of Connex. They're a toy manufacturer. Mm -hmm. You may be familiar with them. Sure, I've heard of them. A bendable toy manufacturer out of Philadelphia. And he's the only construction toy manufacturer that manufactures in the United States that didn't go to Asia. And the way that he chose to do that was to put in advanced manufacturing practices. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, you know, what I, what I learned was I should have just relied on our thinking and our people and said, hey, they're at five cents. How do we get to five cents? And uh, if I'd have done more of that, I wouldn't have lost $5 million. Right, right, yeah. That's, okay, <laughs> bang the gong again. We really have to get one for this radio show because there's a lot of teachable <laughs> moments coming out, especially today. But chasing the low-cost labor isn't always the right thing to do, especially when you have an engineered product, right? Especially when you have an engineered product. But the one thing we don't understand as entrepreneurs sometimes is the economics looked really good. Right. And that's what kind of drove us there. Right. But what we didn't understand was the culture. And the culture was not the same culture. They weren't as hungry. They weren't as innovative. They needed, to give you an idea, they take naps in the afternoon. Um, you know, we would have people that, would, that were, you know, farm workers that would show up in suits. It was just a very strange right. culture that you just didn't understand. At the end of every year, it was just assumed that, you know, they were going to get bonuses regardless if the company made money or didn't make money. Mm. And so it led to all kinds of things that we, that we experienced, strikes and theft and the amount of theft that was going on internally by more than one person it was like a team effort of and it was it was it was challenging (laughs) in a word (laughs) (laughs) Uh, free at last though right (laughs) pretty much yeah much nicer are you here southern california we are we are so you're a manufacturer of precision parts in Southern yeah, California. two locations. One's in San Clemente, one's in Ontario. So two are housed under one, one uh, 45,000 square foot facility in, in Ontario. Okay. And another one's housed in a 40,000 square foot facility, all clean room, medical oh, device grade uh, in San Clemente. I'd love to come and tour your San Clemente. You're more than welcome if anytime. If you'd be willing to. Any, I, anytime. I, I worked for Delphi. I was general manager and president. We were a, a connector 
manufacturer, I really get a kick out of seeing. We make connectors. Do you? We do make we make grommets and connectors. Okay, so you'll yeah. you'll you yeah. Delphi's a customer. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Oh, look at that! What a small world this <laughs> is. Huh? It all comes back around, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking with Rod Trujillo. He's the founder and CEO of International Rubber Products. Tell me about from an entrepreneur, global entrepreneur's perspective doing business in Southern California? It's difficult. Uh, what's difficult about it? Mainly the the fact that uh, you're paying for a lot of things that you don't feel you're getting your return on. You okay. know, it, it be it Southern Cal, you know, uh, air quality control. Uh, so you're paying permits that, you know, what are you getting for all this? And, and, and that it's fine. I mean, it's part of the game. But, it, I, for example, I just looked at a company to purchase in Texas. And in reviewing the books of Texas, I said to the owner, I said, if I wanted to grow, if I wanted to expand this building because you have plenty of land, you know, what would I have to do? He says, you just call a contractor and expand. <laughs> that does not happen here. You've exactly. got to go to the city. You've got to pay permits. You've got to wait till they rubber stamp it. And it's just, it's just, they just make it more, they make it harder on entrepreneurs than they should, in my opinion. So I, my perspective on that is also if you can build a successful company in California, you can compete anywhere in the world. Absolutely. I would I would completely agree. And, and again, I go back to that one premise, which is really putting our team in place. I mean, people are what make everything. It right. doesn't matter. This radio show right now doesn't happen without people, right. without relationships. But challenging those people to think outside the box, just because they say China's cheaper, eh, not, not so much. I mean, we can really think how to do it and what kind of robotics we can use and what type of engineering we can do differently, and, right. and we can win. And California, you have to throw in the same way. When I look at a different place, it's because, you know, they just continue to think it's okay to keep raising and raising and be like the leaders of, of, of charging state higher state taxes. And mm-hmm. they don't realize that we then look at it and go, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing everything in California. Right. Where else can I do this? Especially because yes. you you're, you have experience across the country and around the globe. So you have options as an entrepreneur, right? That is true. That's All right. Correct. We're going to take our next and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Roger Heo is our guest. He's founder and CEO of International Rubber Products. I'm having a great time interviewing him. Hopefully you're enjoying the conversation as well. We're going to come back, and I have some more questions for this serial entrepreneur after these words from our commercial sponsors. Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, buninitrile, and Viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. 
So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, Raw Trujillo, founder and CEO of International Rubber Products and Serial Entrepreneur is our guest in the studio. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 episodes during the last 30 days. We here at the radio show appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, literally hundreds of middle market companies' websites whose CEO have been on the show, and they put the player on their website, just like Rod's going to do on his website after he's done with this interview, as well as various business-oriented podcasting services. So, Rod, you've learned a lot in your business experience, granted. Do you have an f- overarching philosophy, what I call here on the radio show, your guiding principle? And, and if so, can you share your guiding principle with our audience? Yeah, I'd say my guiding principle is building relationships with my uh, employees, my customers, and my vendors. And uh, really just trying to emulate uh, the ways that uh, Jesus Christ ran his life. And it took me 14 years to realize that relationships and conflict management and uh, really taking care of people really are the answer. I mean, I was more focused on how much money I could make. I was more focused on the material possessions that, that I had, what the balance sheet looked at. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't until I realized that, you know, that's not really what makes a company. What makes a company is helping each other, uh, that be it a vendor, that be it a customer, that be it your employee that's, you know, in the back and shipping and you don't know when you walk by what kind of compassion you have towards that employee who maybe just lost, you know, uh, a family member. Right. So was there a tipping point for this? Was there something that there happened? There was. I think about about three years ago, um, you know, we were fighting through the 08 downturn. We were fighting through all the things that, uh, that, that, that I had created in China. And I met my partner, a gentleman by the name of Casper Zublin, and, and uh, we just decided we were going to do different we were going to do things differently we weren't we weren't going to be about what how fast we could get there or how much money we could make we were going to we were just going to try to put our relationship in the middle try to make sure that uh, that everybody we touched we blessed and vice versa and so it's kind of a different different guiding principle than most but at the same time we're, we're both extremely financially savvy so i mean we we do understand that we're for profit and we have to do things uh correctly but that's kind of what uh, what what i feel is making a difference do you attribute that to the downturn to the to the great recession i mean was i think that... i attributed to to the downturn i think it attributed to maturity i think okay. it attributed right to time. yeah just just uh thinking about things differently thinking about relationships differently thinking about what why we're here and you know do i have a purpose or am i trying to take or am i trying to give and I, I'd, I'd rather be a giver than a taker. Uh-huh. And I have, I, you know, I have a funny suspicion that all of a sudden my balance sheet grows, which it has. And really? we, yeah, it's it, things are better than they've been in in a long time. We're we're headed back to the peak, but we just have a different philosophy. I used to be the kind of guy that was so driven that you couldn't stop me. Mm-hmm. And I grew at forty percent, and I and I accumulated a lot, and I have still have very very nice things that I that I that I pride, but they're not my sole uh, value and my sole mission. 
my value and my mission are really to hopefully touch people and make them better. And the things that I've learned, try to pass on to the people that work with me and work around me. And, and I hope I'm a blessing to their families as well. So I'm talking with Rod Trujillo. He is the CEO of International Rubber Products. Did you get feedback from your employees? Did they notice a different Rod? Oh, yeah. I think anybody that uh, that knew me... 10 years ago or 12 years ago in the last three years has seen it completely different. I'm still driven. I'm right. still, I still want to succeed, but I just don't, I don't think people are a commodity. Right. I, I really value that, you know, I come back to, there's a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion. And if you really understand where somebody else is walking or where they came from or, or why they reacted, how they reacted, you really start to realize that we, we can all think that, you know, we're, we're all that, but we're not. Right. And I find that mentality in the CEO of a company can be a determinant in how engaged your employees are in the company. I think you'd find that uh, that I have got, I'm uh, very fortunate, I'm very blessed because I've had a lot of guys that have been working with me for a long time and they've actually put up with me, kind of like my wife who's who's probably uh, the, sure best, she, the best thing that's ever I'm happened sure to me. I'm sure she's a saint. I'm sure she's a saint. Okay. And having a, a person that generally cares about them, the employees give back so much more to the company because they Agreed. know you care about them. Agreed. Without the employees, there's, you know, you can't have a good customer without a good employee. Right. All right. I'm talking with Rod Trujillo, and I'm going to ask you about a challenge now. We've talked about the China challenge, but now the economy's rebounding, right? You're, you're saying you're moving towards the peak. I know that in growth, there are challenges. Sometimes th- there are serious challenges in growth to do it right and do it profitably and maintain your quality and the rest of that. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. But is there a current challenge that you and the executive team are kind of wrestling with and you're working on? You know, there's a few. Uh, up until uh, a year ago, our challenge was, was our financial banking partner. But that's changed because we have a really good bank now and a great relationship with uh, Ash Patel over at Commercial Bank. But I would say skilled labor. In what area? Well, there's, the, you know, we've got really good employees, but what I find is that a lot of the younger generation is focused more on computer science. They're focused more on doing different kinds of jobs, and they're not interested in, hey, you know, how do, how, you know, how, how do I run an injection molding machine? Right. And so the challenge as we grow 20, 30 percent is really figuring out how to train and get those those that younger generation interested. Most of the companies that I go out and buy, look at to purchase, the guy has been running them, you know, 30, 40 years. He's 70 years old right. and his kids don't want the company. They, can you imagine that? His, his kids are investment bankers. <laughs> the business is done <laughs> They're great. in IT. Uh, They're in IT. <laughs> yeah, computer science. They right. want nothing to do. So I would say skilled labor and really just being able to teach them and train them and, and, and the, the way we do business. And it also kind of ends up coming over to business development as well because a lot of people, it's not sexy. And so, you know, as, as, as and if you looked at some of the parts we make, they're really sexy, but right. it's finding the right group of people that, 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 that really want to go in this direction. And, and, and you've uncovered what I think is a macroeconomic trend that we have to we have to deal with i was at the cal state fullerton economic forecast a week or two ago and there is a definite skills shortage in this country and as as our manufacturing base grows comes back low cost fuel you know petroleum oil etc and and we're reshoring it's going to exaggerate that problem and there's there's a wide group of people who don't have the skills for the current job environment 
those are the people we should be training for these type of jobs. These are good jobs that you can make a career at. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I see that I don't think is happening enough is the robotic side of it. You, you don't know how much these manufacturers, how we're going to compete against the world is with people that understand how to run ro- ro- robots right. and how to maintain them and stuff. And that's, you know, it's kind of no different than if you look at the computer sciences area and how many people have turned into, you know, hardware specialists or software programmers. Really, and, and, and there's a big movement happening, and we know because we're helping manufacture some of those robots okay. with parts. Okay. okay, yeah, so you're seeing the and volumes, so you, right? you'll take you'll take a Google who's bought eight robotic companies in the last year, and we're doing business with two of them, mm. and they're going into fulfillment centers that have 500 people, and when they leave, there's not that many. There's 20, right. 30 people right. with robots that are running the fulfillment centers. So I see an opening there for not just engineers, but text that can work on these robots right. almost like on the on the computer sciences right. side and tool and die manufacturing tool oh. and die people yeah. welders these are critical skills that you have to apprentice to learn how to do and when you have somebody who knows how to make tool who knows how to make tools and dies they're they're gifted they're an, they're an artist oh man right they are, they are amazing i mean right. I, I gotta tell you most of of when you're starting to do tool and dies the the guys i mean I, we have one guy ralph mezzanini who is he, he, this guy he'll make you the own tool he'll make the actual tool to machine the part but those are a dying breed <laughs> exactly they're a dying breed and, right. and, it, and it's not it's not that you can't go buy the tool buy the tool sometimes takes a week but the guys that can go in and make them like that, that's what we don't have as much anymore. And that, that kind of thinking, that critical thinking where you're thinking outside of the box instead of the box that everybody's putting you in, really is what separates good companies from great companies. I totally agree. And, and I think the best thing you can do for, an, for a neighborhood is put a well-run manufacturing company in that neighborhood. I would agree. That is the best thing you can do. It creates jobs. They need an ecosystem. You need a supply base. There's so many things that a well-run manufacturing company can do for the neighborhood. That's where we should be really, I think, with this manufacturing renaissance that I think we're on the precipice for here in this country. That's where we need to have our politicians, local, state, federal, really focused on that. And a lot of good things will happen in this country. I would completely agree, 100%. Great. Okay. So we only have about a minute left here on the radio show. I kind of got lost in your eyes there just talking to you about all this stuff. So tell me, how does somebody learn more about your firm? So, I mean, I would think the best way would go to uh, www.irpi.com. What is that again? Uh, IRPI, IRPI, International Rubber Products Incorporated. And then most, we have subsets, but uh, you, that's the easiest way to find us. And, okay. And we've got plenty of guys that uh, on, the, on the phone, so you just call in and say hello, and we'll be happy to take care of you. I want to thank you for being a friend of the program, welcome you to the critical mass community. I really enjoyed this time together with you, Roger Hill. Thank you for your time. Not a problem. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I can't leave without thanking our valued sponsors, because without our sponsors, uh, we wouldn't be here probably. Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, which is our longest sponsor, and we appreciate their, their support, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. I also want to thank the team that puts this show together. Paul Roberts is our engineer. Crystal Nunley is our producer. Amanda Pointer is our assistant producer. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Marketing strategist and live events manager is Asia Celestino. Our social media manager is Melissa Patani. VP of Sales sitting right behind me is Rose Chamora. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the critical mass for business business lines, maybe you want to advertise on the radio show, 
Visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. This is your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 